0: Um, my name's Austin. I am one of the pastors here. And one of the things that we do that's unique to um, our congregation is that we, uh, our vision and our mission is to help people find and follow Jesus together. And we take that togetherness really serious. And so one of the ways that we do that uh, this morning is we take five minutes uh, f- to invite you to go grab some coffee. There's donuts in the back. Uh, there's tea. Um, and we just want you to um, take this time to get to know each other. And the, for some of you, I know that's a little more difficult. And so we provide you a prompt so you don't have to wonder what to ask people. Everybody's gonna be asking the same thing. You're in good company. And so today um, is, is, a, is a barn burner of a question. Uh, it's a divisive purposefully uh, and I will use it in my sermon absolutely. Um, so take the next five minutes and ask each other uh what is your favorite ice cream flavor as you talk amongst yourself. We'll see you in five minutes. This is the this is the best sound in my ear every week is making you all come back. After uh, a rousing conversation, I will say I heard a couple people's um, as I was scheming around your ice cream flavors. We need to hang out more because you're a little bland. Chocolate, Just chocolate. Um, no, it's good. We are in the second week of a series um, called "The Way of Jesus." And what we're doing in this series is we've talked we've talked about three uh, particular um, parts of being an apprentice after Jesus, uh, and it co- it's be with Jesus become like Jesus and do what Jesus did, that we believe that um, as you become disciples of Jesus, this is the paradigm which, which we exist, that we exist to be with God, to be with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, and then as we are with him, we become like him, and then um, it doesn't stop there, but then we go out to do uh, what he ha- what He does, and we do it as well. And so uh, this morning, we're kind of talking about um, what is the way of Jesus? How do you do this? And so we set in Jesus' first teaching, uh, Matthew 5, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, 5, 6, 7 and we're just going to sit there for the next few weeks and just say hey this is what jesus says out of his own mouth of what it looks like to, to uh follow him and this week we're we're talking about salt and as i was preparing for this i was thinking about the first time and it's the tr- it's like holidays right anybody getting ready for like already uh thanksgiving like you're already starting to think of a menu anybody uh, yeah, okay, thank you. Some people are like already, you're like me, I'm already thinking of like, man, who, like who cares about the main course? You're like, what's the sides? Mm, what sides? And who should I whose house has really good size? And this is my like invitation for you to invite me. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but I thought about this, and then um, can I tell you something? Uh bad move by me, but kind of maybe a good move by me. Uh first holiday two thousand five. Uh we were meeting my mom's um, extended family. We were all gathering uh in Oklahoma, uh in and Bartlesville. If you don't anything, that's okay. The only thing in Bartlesville is uh Frank Lloyd Wright's only skyscraper, and so, uh, fun fact, you were in history lesson today, um, but we gathered together, it was fun, um, but I decided to take my uh, new girlfriend to meet my family, three months into dating her, Oof. and we were all in cabins, and the first night she stayed with my parents, Ooh. Not a good move. Um, but I remember, like, we, I talked up the whole time. I talked it up that my family are mean cooks. It's going to be amazing. And we show up to Thanksgiving, and everybody brought their best stuff. And so um, we had, like, 40, 45 people there. And so, you like, six tables of sides, rolls, if you only eat bread, and then main course stuff in the back. Uh, but it was incredible. Like, right when you walk in, I bet you can already smell, like, the certain flavors that are coming up, like, green bean casserole. Mm, like mashed potatoes like you're just smelling all this stuff and everything had a unique flavor to it everything had um, its uniqueness and distinctiveness if you walk by you're like ooh I know what that is and I can't wait or if you're like my family you have like the, the orange jello thing and you're like Bleh, nope not in that uh, it has its unique flavors but it's okay but one of the things that um, everything had in common was one ingredient uh, which is salt like salt is in everything did you know that? And that's actually pretty good that it's in everything. Like your body is made and wired to have it. And so it's funny that this morning, like after Jesus, his first introduction uh, to his disciples in the wider crowd is this idea about salt. And so we're going to dig in this morning to this idea that uh, the way of Jesus is the, is to be as distinct and unique as salt. And so we're, um, I got to make a confession. Um, I was that pastor who gave Mark um, 12 verses and I'm giving myself one. I'm that pastor. I said I would never be that pastor. My wife last week was like, you know you're that pastor. And I was like, oh, dang. Uh, so I apologize, Mark. He's at Cascades with our middle schoolers. And so if you want to turn to Matthew chapter 5, uh, verse 13, and we're just sitting in one verse, and we're going to kind of just see what God has for us uh, this morning. So this is it, Matthew five thirteen. It's up on the screen as well. It says, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its saltiness, how can it may, be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. And so this morning we're talking about this idea of Jesus declaring that we are salt of the earth and that we are meant to be salty disciples. But um, the one big thing that we want to talk about is uh, in that first declaration is an identity and purpose that you have been now, as, as disciples of Jesus, uh, who have been called to follow the way of Jesus, Jesus looks at his disciples and says, you are the salt of the earth. And I think that's really important um, in this to understand a little grammar. I, we went to history, and now we're going to grammar. If you're feeling in school, I'm sorry, I don't like grammar. I was typing up this, and I spelled grammar wrong. Like, Can I just be honest about it? Like, That's how much I don't like it. Like, I'll talk it, but I don't like writing it, right? And there's, like, the red lines underneath here. and like, uh oh, dang, I don't know that. But um, in uh, this text, like, right there at the beginning of, of verse 13, it says you. And you there, um, a little history lesson. Y'all, y'all don't think y'all is in the Bible. But second person plural is, like, the y'all. Not all y'all. Can I tell you the difference between all y'all and y'all? Y'all or y'all. And I'm not talking to all y'all. I'm talking to y'all. So right now Jesus has the crowd with him, thousand people, a couple thousand people, sitting there listening to him, and he's talking about the beatitudes. He's saying, "This is the kingdom of heaven. This is what it looks like. It's meek. It's peaceful. It's peacemakers. It's hunger and thirsting for righteousness. It's people who mourn." And then he goes, "Is he after that?" He goes, "Crowd, this is what the kingdom of heaven is about." And then he goes, "Y'all." He looks at his disciples and says, "Y'all." you are the salt of the earth. An identity marker in them saying, I'm not talking to everybody. I'm talking about to the people. And and that's the great thing within crowds too, because it's the distinctives. Like, he know, the audience knows who they're talking about. He's like, you know, these, these ones right here, y'all, these ones, these are the salt of the earth. Because they are my disciples. They have decided to be apprentices after Jesus. They are my Talmudin. They are disciples and apprentices. And I am the rabbi. And so they, them, y'all, are the salt of the earth. And so for us, like, Jesus is not only talking about them, but he's also talking to us. He's talking to us as saying, like, hey, this is all those who call themselves disciples or apprentices after Jesus. This is you. This is me. This is us. We are disciples, and so we are salt of the earth. But not only that, but again, second word. You go from you and then are. And I think when we read this, sometimes like you just pass over language. I pass over language. Um, I don't like it. My mom was a journalism major. She loves words and always edited my papers, which is great. That's why I got A's and not C's. Um, But the same thing. This is the second person, plural. But one of the things that about this word, and you're like, oh my gosh, Austin, stop it. But it's like, I hate, oh, Greek. This is where I got onto it. Like the moods are important. And the indicative mood here is a declarative statement that you assume to be factually accurate. So to say that you are is to be. Right And in those three statements we talked about, be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what he did, this you are is to be. As you be with, you become like. That it's a process of transformation. It is an identity marker and a transformation that you right now, disciples who have been following me for a few days, you are the salt of the earth, not that you go and do all the salting, that you are, you are called to become as you are with. Like that part is not you are, and sometimes we do that are as a verb, as in like, hey, let's go and do. But you are is an identity and a purpose. It is a declaration as you are with Jesus, as you are with the one who created all things and can see all things. As you are with him, you become like him to be. In essence, an identity and purpose that you are called to be the salt of the earth. And so this is the call. This is the call in this one verse. You are a declarative sentence declaring your identity and purpose as disciples of Jesus. Again, this is not for the whole crowd. This is for the disciples. So if you are a follower of Jesus, you are the salt of the earth. If you're not a disciple of Jesus, you need to look at those who are disciples of Jesus and say, are they being salt? Because sometimes we forget that, that being and doing flow in and out of each other. And I think this is really important for us, as, we, as that call of identity and purpose to be salt in the world is to do it out of a process of becoming because you are in the process of being with Jesus. And so as you are with Jesus and you become like this, it does move into like you are salt of the earth. And then after that, it doesn't just end there. It says it's like really hard place that you don't really like to talk about is that if disciples right now, he says, y'all, y'all, all of us who consider ourselves disciples, if we're not unique as salt, like we're worthless. You're useless. Can I tell you a little bit more about that uh, re- Thanksgiving reunion? Like, as everybody went through, all the kids went through first, right? All the kids went through, and then the parents started to go through. As you walked through, um, and you notice that everybody's plate had a little bit of everything. But if you look at the plate after it's done, you would notice one thing. That while we had a couple turkeys, and some chicken, and some ham, the only thing left on the plate was ham. You want to know why? It's like it was brined in the Dead Sea was so salty. Like, you took one uh, bite of it, and you might as well as unscrewed the salt and just went, ah. Like, it was so bad. It was terrible. And my wife was like, I don't think we've ever had ham before. again. Honestly. I don't know. It was such a bad experience. Whenever, like, we've gone up to people's house, and they're like, hey, we're having ham. We're like, okay, great. Pass. Pass. And but this is the thing is like all of a sudden like I felt bad for the parents because all of us kids like got all the good stuff and then the ham was the only thing left over and it's useless. It's sitting on the plate. And so what do you do? Like you don't even give it to the, like the animals that are around. You just throw it away. And so in like uh, the trash, all you saw was a ton of ham. And then that old, like those two hams that were just like the whole thing left over were just all thrown in and you're like, man, this is worthless. And in the same way, like I think he's saying this not only to y'all, disciples, but he's allowing the other people in the crowd to hear this. It's to say, if you're not, if you're not becoming salt of the earth, if you're not living, and and you might say, like, what is that salt? It's that salt is not only, is living out the reality of what he just claimed to be the kingdom. People who mourn, people who are peacemakers, people who hunger and thirst for righteousness, those who mourn. Those who are persecuted because of their righteousness, those who are merciful, those who are meek, those things are the salt of the earth. This is who you are to be because this is who the kingdom is right now. And so if you're not those things, you're useless. And it wasn't just to the disciples because he'd been talking around to the Pharisees and the Sadducees who'd been around listening to what he's saying. And it's a declaration of their like losing the salt that they were just, they were listening and acting and obeying to the letter of the religious law. And yet their heart was so far from the kingdom. And so Jesus is reorienting his people, his disciples back to this is the kingdom, that you are salt. And if you are not living this way, we are useless as a church. And this is why in that paradigm it's so important that these aren't linear things of being with, becoming like, and doing what Jesus did. That they're cyclical. Because if you go out doing, you're going to come to the end of yourself and you need to come and always be with Jesus to be filled back up, to check yourself. Who am I? Who is he? And as you sit and as you reform to become like Jesus, and as you become like Jesus, you can't help do what he did. You can't help it. And so, what does that mean for us? What does that mean for us? Well, I think um, the kingdom of God, Mark talked about this now and later reality, is that this now and later reality plays around tables. That, G, that Jesus, as he's discussing, and, and particularly in Matthew, what you see later is this really uh, breaking down of this identity around a temple, but more to tables. That Jesus is saying that that we know that things are going to be broken down, that right now that the presence of God was only um, held into the temple behind a veil, pushed only certain people go back there, that that there was a divide between the people of God and the presence of God. And that right now he's saying that that not only is going to be um, changed forever by my presence here, but then my death and resurrection and my giving of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, that the temple is going to be you and me. And this is what my friend uh, Tom uh, Rundell says: the apocalyptic language of Matthew is directed towards the destruction of the temple and the establishment of a new people based around tables, not temples. So that in this place of where you had to obey and um, jump through hoops to be near and close not only to one another but towards the towards God to be in the temple to offer sacrifices, you had to live a clean life is that Jesus is saying that this no longer is going to be this separation not only between me and the Israelites but also me and the Gentiles. And that you're going to see not only my death and resurrection that I died for all people and that I'm inviting all people in but that's done around the table. That with the destruction of the temple in 70 AD what is going to be left and the people are going to be wondering where the presence of God is and Jesus is saying it's in you. That you are the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. And wherever you are, God is. And so Jesus, when we've talked about this a couple weeks ago, the main strategy that Jesus had was to eat around the table with people who were far from Him. And so my encouragement for you, as we read this, that you are the salt of the earth, as as um, common as salt is on every table and in every item. So you are to be at the table with your presence, with the presence of God working in and through you, next to people who know and don't know Jesus. This is the call. This is the call that we see is to be distinct and unique as salt, that salt lives at the table and so are we and that Jesus comes and eats with people so that he can take away this divide that that a good rabbi should not be eating with sinners. But he's saying, you're my disciples and in the same way that I ate with people that are far from God who shouldn't be eaten with, I want you, call you to eat with one another. And this isn't so important because... This table isn't just a call for me to say, like, hey, this is how I want you to act, because I think this is how Jesus acts. But Mark talked about this. The way of Jesus is both now and later. At the end of all things, this is what's gonna happen. It says this. Then he took the cup, and we had given thanks, he had give he gave it to them, saying, Drink it, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. For the forgiveness of sins, I tell you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Jesus right here is uh, participating in the Lord's Supper, the sacrament at Passover with his disciples. The last meal that he will have with his disciples before he is killed, before he is buried, and before he is resurrected. And when we see Jesus in the resurrection, he is not just gloriously appearing to them saying, hey, I am real, but he comes to the disciples and he eats with them. So both now in his life and then later when he gathers all people back to himself, we will sit at a table with Jesus and eat with him. So at the end of time, That our gathering is around a table, eating with the presence of God, physically seeing Him. It should understand, our now should be informed by the later. That if Jesus so desires to eat with people far from Him and not only eat with people that don't know Him, but His disciples, around the table, the table fellowship is the main strategy in which the salt actually gets to be the salt. I think it should. I think it should reflect in us an idea, an identity, and a purpose that we are called to be people that eat with others, not because you have to, because you get to, because you too were invited into the table when you wouldn't be allowed. And so, in the same way, when you go out to be the salt of the earth, you invite people in to the presence of God through you at your table. And you wonder why we eat so much together as a community. It's not because I love doing it, because it's what Jesus did. It makes us unique that people who shouldn't gather together and stay together, eat together. People that don't look or believe or agree on the same things sit together around the table and care about one another and show goodness and mercy, so meekness, so humility hunger and thirsting for us to be righteous, to live the right way of God. And this is the call for us. This is the way of Jesus. And so friends, as we come um, to today, my charge is that you are the salt of the earth. Your identity and purpose is to live out the kingdom of God at your table. Let us pray. Father, I, my prayer is that we who are disciples don't feel this as a condemnation or shame that is placed upon us. But man, God, an invitation into life as it is meant to be lived. God, not in isolation, but in community. Not seeking your presence or your approval by rituals. because of your love and invitation to dine with you. And so, Father, I pray that not only is this a declaration of who we are, but, God, I think um, this is what the world should hold us accountable to. Right now, this is the church that we rise up and we live out the beatitudes, that we live out our unique and distinct calling to be the church. To offer forgiveness when it shouldn't be offered. To love our enemy. To show goodness and mercy. To practice hospitality. So for any of us that are Together on this journey of following Jesus. My prayer is that you would do the work now, not later, with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come now. Do your work. Do your work in us. Yes, it's me. Amen.